In today's show, we're talking Houston Rockets with the host of the Locked On Rockets podcast, Jackson Gatlin, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk Houston Rockets, a really, really intriguing team with so many different combinations of what they can do with this roster and so many questions. And we're going to try and get those questions answered with the host of the Locked On Rockets podcast. So let's bring him in right now. All right. So let's bring him in now. The host of the Locked On Rockets podcast, Jackson Gatlin is here with me. Jackson, welcome to the show. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here, Josh. Always uh, always excited to talk basketball with you. So we're here to talk Houston Rockets, which are uh, one of the most interesting teams, especially from a fantasy point of view for this upcoming season with a lot of questions with, uh, with veterans, with young stars, with trying to find out how everything sort of fits into the rotation. So let's, uh, let's give it a go and try and find out how we can make sense of this all. And Jackson, uh, first of all, give us your starting five, projected starting five opening night for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, so there's been so much discussion here trying to figure out who the starting five for the Houston Rockets really is going to boil down to. And the way that I keep coming away from it is it, it has to include this this set of five guys. It's going to be John Wall, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Christian Wood, and Daniel Tice. And I can get into specifics for you know my reasoning for why each one of those guys are going to be in the starting lineup if you'd like to or, or however, whatever direction you want to go with this, Josh. I think the interesting thing with this starting five is that Okay, Jalen Green is very skinny. He's not big enough to, to guard threes. Kevin Porter thinks of himself as a one. But you're right, they have to play together. Yeah, Christian Wood and Daniel Tice are probably both best served as playing at center. But again, they probably do all have to start. And this is exactly how I think it's going to begin as well. You know, if you didn't have to deal with the the issues, say, surrounding um, you know, the hype of the number two overall pick or the the hype surrounding Kevin Porter. One of those could come off the bench and you could throw a Daniel House in there. You could throw a Jay Sean Tate at the three to give a bit more size and defensive ability, but they're not trying to win this team. They're just trying to get these guys out there and seeing what happens. So is that how you see or why Silas would probably go in this direction is just to get those guys on the court without having to worry about politics and draft capital and future value and all that sort of stuff? Pretty much those reasons, yeah. You know, you you basically look at this this set of five guys, and each one has kind of a, a specific reason for why they're going to be in the starting lineup. And one, you know, the easy one is John Wall. As long as John Wall is a Houston Rocket and healthy and readily available to play, he's going to start, right? Unless they get to a point where they finally decide to, you know, Kevin love him and and sit him down, and or I, I should say, uh, uh, Andre Drummond him instead. There we go. That's a better uh, terminology, but. Kevin Porter Jr., a guy they just sunk a lot of time and development into at the tail end of this past season, 26 games with the Rockets, and then being officially given the keys to the offense in his final five games where he averaged over 20 points a game and seven assists per contest uh, over the final five games of his season before he was shut down. 
doesn't make sense they would devote so much development time towards KPJ and then revert and say, okay, we appreciate what you did last season, but we're going to put you on the bench now. You're going to run the second unit. That doesn't make sense. Jalen Green, you, you covered it in detail. He's the hyped number two overall draft pick for a franchise that was the worst team in the NBA last season. They need some hope. They need some excitement in the starting lineup. And from just a marketing aspect, being able to advertise Jalen Green on a nightly basis is huge. Christian Wood's going to continue to start. And then Daniel Tice, they basically brought him in to kind of help anchor the defense a little bit and be that that bigger big alongside Christian Wood, that guy who's going to be tasked with dealing with some of the bigger bodies. That way Christian Wood can kind of play his somewhat more natural position, I think, of a taller, more slender four as opposed to being kind of an undersized five, if that makes sense. Yeah, and Tice has to be in there because let's be honest, the other four guys are, are bad defenders at this point. But yeah, at this point in their career, for Porter and Green, not sure they ever become good defenders. But Wall, again, at this point in his career, is not a good defender, and Wood is uh, for a guy that blocks shots, he's not a particularly good defender either. So otherwise, they're just going to you know, give up 140 a night unless they've got someone defensive out there, and then they'll throw some of their defensive guys in off the bench. And let's talk about that bench rotation, Jackson, because there are a lot of questions about how things could work with this rotation. I I tend to agree with you that this will. Be be how things work um, immediately yeah, with those first five guys coming off the bench. But go through who you think will be that uh, that grouping in that 10-man rotation. So definitely going to include Eric Gordon in there. Um, you know, he's both started and come off the bench for the Houston Rockets. And I think that obviously there's a lot of those question marks about the starting five and the, the justifications we just made for those guys. Eric Gordon coming off the bench makes sense. It's a role that he's uh, occupied for a long time here in Houston. Jay Sean Tate is the guy who gets kind of uh, snubbed here a little bit. He's definitely starting caliber. He brings a lot to the table. A lot of versatility, great defensive instincts. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a shame that he's the guy that gets kind of shafted and is likely going to be the guy moving to the bench. Unfortunately, due to the politics of the rest of the starting five, but then rounding out the rest of the bench, you got KJ Martin, Daniel House Jr., which you could potentially make an argument that Daniel House Jr. and David Nwaba might be interchangeable in that spot as kind of the secondary or the secondary forward off the bench. Um, and then Alperin Shingun kind of rounding out that that top 10 of the rotation. Yeah, that's sort of how I see it going as well with uh, yeah, Tate and Martin providing some good defense there off the bench. Yeah, I, I could see House easily out of the rotation. I believe that Silas values him pretty highly, but to me, he's a, a low upside, not particularly a high-level veteran sort of player, so it doesn't make sense. You have to commit a huge amount to him. Um, the Tate one's interesting because obviously he was first-team all-rookie. He was great last season, but when you're trying to evaluate a team, like he's not a guy where you go, well, he's a foundational piece. Like he's a good player. And when your team becomes good, this will be his role as a seventh man or a sixth man or whatever it is. And you've got to get those other guys in to that right area. So people are expecting him to take this year, giant step forward. He was only a rookie. He's, he's 25 or 26 already. And he's, I think, I think his ceiling is not particularly high, even though he did obviously exceed expectations last year. And then Shingun. Coming off the bench, um, yeah, look, he was super impressive in Summer League, and uh, I, I hope we can see a little bit more of him this year when uh, whether they decide to minimize Tice or Wood gets hurt. We'll see a little bit more, hopefully, of Shengu. We'll talk about more yeah, him more in a second, but before we get into that, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because it is now that time of year where football is starting. College football is going on literally right now as we record this. Um, the NFL, this season starting in about a week's time, and Bet Online is the place that you need to go to place all of your football bets. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests at Bet Online, including 
Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, which is open now at Bet Online. Be sure also to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener Thursday, September the 9th between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will be refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, including football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all of their contests or all their promos, everything they've got for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Jackson, this might sound familiar to you, but if you've got one device that you can watch your games live, you've got another to stream your favorite shows, another to watch sports highlights, you want watch that on your phone or you get a login from one of your mates for something else, it's just a clutter. Everything's all over the place. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together and it's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Done your bench rotation, done a starting rotation. Let's look at injury news. Let's talk John Wall a little bit more here. Of course, he had that knee problem um, basically throughout his whole career. And coming back from an Achilles last year, we saw him miss the end part of the season. You talked about the Andre Drummond situation. How likely is that for John Wall? Because he's still got two years left at a, I don't know, I believe the official term is a shitload of money left. Um <laughs> You're buying out $80 million worth of contracts, pretty tough to do. Maybe John wants to do that, who knows? But where is he sitting in the knee rehab? How much are we realistically expecting him to play? Because yeah, he's not going to be... Look, if he plays, he's not going to play an 18-minute-a-night role. Like He's going to play decent minutes when he starts. But how much can we actually expect him to play? Is there a plan in place to sit him and and to rest him strategically throughout the season if he doesn't just get shut down uh, completely? So far, right now, Josh, my best guess is the understanding is going to be probably very similar to how they approached things last season, which was, you know, very cautious, you know, when they started things out, you know, he wasn't playing the second nights of back-to-backs. They were just being very, very careful with him as that was his first season back after such an extended hiatus, you know, trying to work his body back into NBA shape. I think that we're going to see a very similar kind of approach to this season, but not necessarily because there's still those lingering concerns for wall. Obviously he's a guy who's had kind of a, a, you know, has struggled with injuries throughout his career. So it's always good to be a little tentative, a little precautious when, when you can there, especially for a team that isn't unfortunately going to be competing for much of anything. So I think we're going to see John wall, you know, he's, he's going to play his probably a a regular 30 ish minutes a night when he's, when he's actually out there and competing and, they're still going to, you know, he's going to go out there and wants to play because he missed two years of his career, right? He's a guy who loves basketball, loves the game, and doesn't want to miss any more time. You hear him talk about it constantly in his interviews that he wants to go out there and give it 110%. Even when the Rockets were, you know, very clearly going to finish as a bottom five team last season, he was still going out there when he could and trying to put on a show because that's just who he is. He wants to go out there and compete. Um, that said, he's probably not going to play the second nights of back-to-backs. Uh, I would imagine a very similar uh, set of circumstances for one Eric Gordon as well. You know, just preventative, precautionary in nature, probably not playing the second nights of back-to-backs. And the benefit to doing that as well in being extra careful with those two guys, you know, two guys who 
obviously you'd like to consider the Houston Rockets might be trying to move Eric Gordon at some point to a team that's actually a contender that could have, you know, make do with his services. It unlocks more minutes for the rest of these rookies on their roster, right? So on the second nights of back-to-backs where you might be able to see, you know, guys like Josh Christopher get some burn or, you know, get some more, get some more run for Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green without having to share as many backcourt minutes with the veteran duo of John Wall and Eric Gordon. So that kind of thing. So I think it's there's kind of two sides to the uh the load management uh perspective with John Wall. Where are we at with David Nwaber and his risks? He had that wrist issue and then he somewhat foolishly played through it without getting surgery, then hurt it again. Is he ready to go for the start of the season? Everything that I've seen, he's he's good to go. Haven't heard anything, you know, to the contrary of that. He is, you know, was with the team in Vegas. Uh, apparently, they are all getting ready to make a trip down to the Bahamas and just kind of have like a preseason like ritual and just you know chemistry, get to know each other. But nothing, nothing bad on that front for David Nwaba. So hopefully, everything's all good, all good there. All right, let's get into some other questions here about this Rockets team. Um, we, we, you, you mentioned about how Kevin Porter got given sort of the the keys to the offense at the end of last season. Playing alongside John Wall, his numbers were nowhere near as good when he was forced to play as a shooting guard. He had a tweet at some point in the offseason saying, you know, I'm a point guard or something along those lines. But you know, when you're playing with John Wall, you're just not going to have the ball. Unless, do you think that Stephen Silas says, well, we actually want Porter to run things the majority of the time, even when Wall's on the court? Are they fully committing to him being the driver of that offense, or is it going to be more of that piecemeal type scenario when Wall's on the bench, when Wall's sitting, when Wall's shut down, when Wall's hurt, or will he just be that number one ball handler creator uh, from the get-go? I think we're going to see a little bit, somewhere in between those two options. I think there's definitely... You know, when you look at the state of the Rockets organization right now, one has to imagine that some tough conversations have had to have been, you know, taken place between John Wall and GM Rafael Stone and head coach Steven Silas and the vision for this team moving forward, where they're at realistically, in that they are in the midst of a rebuild right now. There is a renewed focus on the development of the young guys they just drafted for rookies that they're going to be actively developing and trying to get up to speed at the NBA level. This isn't a team that I think is going to be pushing for like play-in aspirations or anything like that, even though they've got kind of this weird mix of some veterans on the roster. You know, those guys would obviously like to probably be competing uh, for some playoff aspirations, but I think that's kind of a pipe dream at this point. So with John Wall, I think that he should hopefully understand where he's at with this team and what his role needs to be, which is that of a veteran mentor to the likes of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. And so if the direction from the Rockets coaching staff and you know, if the front office wants their main objective to be Kevin Porter Jr. getting more of those reps, even with John Wall on the court, then I think that's something we might see a little bit of. Unfortunately, though, John Wall isn't exactly the best spot-up shooter. He's not the best off-ball threat, and he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands. So I do think it's just a tough relationship to marry those two guys on the court, unfortunately. So I think one thing that we will see is more so of a staggering, right? So that Kevin Porter Jr. and John Wall spend not necessarily as little time together on the court as possible, but even if they're you know in the starting lineup together, maybe KPJ gets subbed out early at like the five or you know six minute mark of the first quarter, and then he comes back to run the second unit and is you know 
quote unquote, given the keys at that point to the offense. So I think that's more so the system we're going to see in place to best utilize both of those guys and to not stunt Kevin Porter Jr.'s development. Yeah, and in your projected bench rotation, you didn't see DJ Augustin in that list because they won't probably be running a traditional backup point guard off the bench because you know, it'll be Porter or Wall holding that role for you know 48 minutes or if they need to. You know, Tate and Gordon have shown an ability to do that for a few minutes at a time. So there is that opportunity for that stagger to occur. Now, we've talked Wall a little bit. Do you think how many of him, John Wall, Eric Gordon, and Daniel House remain as a member of the Houston Rockets by the time we hit April the 10th? Or the trade deadline, oh, whatever that is, February the 20th or whatever it is. Oh, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to be optimistic and probably a little aggressive here. And I'm going to say only one remains and I'm going to say it's John Wall. Um, I'm led to believe that if Eric Gordon hadn't gotten injured uh, against the Kings just before the trade deadline this past season, I don't think he would still be a Houston Rocket. Uh, he was playing some of the best basketball of his, of his career. He was struggling with his with his outside shot a little bit, but he was having a career year uh, shooting at the rim, driving. His efficiency was up. Uh, he looked healthy, and then he had a, you know that unfortunate groin tweak that sidelined him the rest of the season. So... I think Eric Gordon, if he can show, you know, a, a similar version of what he was putting up last year, I think there's going to be a team out there that wants to take a flyer on him. He's not on, you know, an albatross deal by any stretch of the imagination for the production level that you can get out of a good Eric Gordon, a healthy Eric Gordon. Uh, he's, I think, a steal at his contract value, especially when when you consider that the final year of his deal is not fully guaranteed. So he's not, the, I, I believe the final year is 20... 2022-2023, if that's if yeah, I'm not mistaken, yeah, right. off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah, and it's not fully guaranteed, so you're really looking at almost like a you know a, a one year rental, if that, uh, of Eric Gordon for a team that might be you know looking to make a push, grab that final piece that you know gets them over the hump in the playoffs, that kind of thing. Um, and then Daniel House Jr., I, I think that he's a, a serviceable three and D wing, but he doesn't really have a, a spot here in Houston, right? There's other serviceable wings here in Houston that are younger and that need the reps and need the development and need the, the time and focus. And Daniel House Jr. just kind of takes those reps away from those guys, unfortunately. So if the Rockets, you know, send him out for a second rounder or something or just, you know, send him into a team's TPE down the line, I think that's something that could service them to just unlock further rotation minutes for the rest of this young core that they have. Jackson, do you know how to fix your own car? I don't know how to fix my own car, unfortunately. Good. I don't feel like the uh, the odd man out on this uh, network. Everyone I ask, oh, yeah, I, I just bought a battery. Yeah, I replaced it. I uh, you know, chucked a new motor in. Like, guys, what are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing, but plenty of you who listen to this show and who are part of this network know how to fix their own car. So why would you bother going to a local chain auto parts store? If you know what you're doing, just go to rockauto.com and you can get the same parts for your car or truck at a discounted price. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts that you'd get at that local chain auto parts store? Rock Auto has you covered from tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever you need for your car or truck, you can get it at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of those parts that are available for your car or truck. And in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And of course, I've got to ask you the question, Jackson, what's your favorite built bar flavor? Coconut brownie chunk. It's the best flavor that they have available. Uh, okay, so people have been telling me this. 
I haven't got it. I haven't had that flavor yet. So Built Bar, I'm looking directly at you down the camera. Give me this one. I need to try it. I've had, it's a multiple answer. People have given me this one. Coconut bro, ch- brownie chunk, whatever it is. I want it. I want to try it. But anyway, regardless of that flavor or grasshopper cookie or white chocolate raspberry cheese, hey, they bring out these limited edition flavors and you've got, you got to get your hands on it because these are the best tasting protein bar ever. You can get a mix box. You don't know your favorite. You can get coconut, is uh, raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, which I think is my favorite flavor that I've had. Get yourself a box of Built Bar, but they're not just delicious. They don't just taste like a candy bar. They're also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. In these Built Bars, they are fantastic for taste. They are fantastic for getting that protein in, and it's fantastic because you can get them 15% off by using our promo code LOCKED15 by going to built.com. So the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Use that at built.com to get yourself 15% off delicious tasting protein bars at built.com. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. We're going to get you out of here with one last question, Jackson. Without injury, so you know, assuming that Christian Wood doesn't get hurt, is there a chance that we see Alperen Shingun starting? Yeah, if he shows that he can be a solid enough NBA defender, and I thought he showed some pretty good defensive stuff at Summer League. We saw the offensive ability there, the ability to draw fouls, just really be a dominant force out there. Is it a chance that they say, well, okay, we've seen enough. Daniel, thanks for coming over. You know, slide into that backup role. And uh, Shengun and Wood, yeah, you guys are ready to go. Could Shengun start without an injury to uh, the projected starters of Wood and Tice? I think it's absolutely a possibility, Josh. In fact, that's how I'm kind of tentatively planning for this Rockets lineup to look by the end of the season uh, and by the, uh, not even necessarily by the end of the season, by maybe the midway point, right? And maybe that's a little um, optimistic, but I think you hit the nail on the head. We saw a lot of promise out of Alper and Shingun in summer league. Offensively, we knew he was going to be a really polished kind of old school style, big, uh, you know, a lot of pivots, a lot of spins, really, you know, polished offensive post game. But then, defensively was where he really surprised a lot of people. The Rockets coaching staff was was raving about how impressed they were with his ability to both recover on the perimeter when he was guarding smaller, quicker, faster players and, you know, leaving the the amount of separation between them but still being able to recover and sometimes even getting out and blocking shots, blocking three-point shots on the perimeter. He had multiple games in summer league with three and four blocks apiece. But then not only that, his ability to anchor the defense in the paint and remain vertical when he can, when he's contesting shots at the rim, because he's not the most athletic guy, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm putting it lightly here. Um, but his ability, his timing, when he sees somebody driving into the paint, attempting a shot at the cup, his ability to rise up, stay vertical and contest a shot. Uh, it was, was really impressive. I, I was blown away by what we saw out of him on that side of the court was not expecting that level of defense at this point or at this stage in his career. So I do think that as long as his development isn't stunted for any reason, and I think as long as he gets you know, a fair shake at being a backup at first, getting accustomed to the NBA speed, really working himself into that role, I think we very easily could see Daniel Tice slotted out of the starting lineup and Alper and Shingun starting next to Christian Wood maybe sometime around the All-Star break possibly. It'd be pretty interesting to see. Of course, he does have a, a tremendously good fantasy profile as well, and then he'd become like a someone that we'd all be looking to add in fantasy leagues. Jackson, I'm going to let you go. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for chatting Houston Rockets with me. Of course, if you want to hear more about the Rockets, Jackson's hosting Locked on Rockets five days a week. Thanks for coming on the show and, uh, and chatting Houston with me. Absolutely, Josh. Appreciate it anytime. 
And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. All of that stuff really, really helps the show out. And after this, we're going to be doing a fantasy show on the Houston Rockets. So stay tuned or check that out over on the channel as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.